Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, it's Season 3, Episode 7, a Benders big announcement coming today with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app. And watch us on YouTube. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe if you're watching right now. And go ahead and check out what Smitty's about to tell you about. ESPN Plus is available to you. <laughs> yeah, you can sign up for ESPN Plus uh, by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go on over there to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN Plus. I love all the college sports, UFC, and now NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you do not miss any Bruins action. One last time, sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Can you, can you get the Pat McAfee show on that bad boy right there on ESPN Plus? I think you can. Some back issues? Yeah, I think you can. Some back episodes, yeah. I don't know yeah. about back episodes, but I believe you. I believe you can get it on there, throw it on there. He's on regular ESPN2, ESPN and ESPN2, I think, time and time yeah, again. They pay him, yeah, they're paying him enough to be on all sorts yeah, of Yeah, he's, the, he's on all, their, yeah. all their media, all the channels. He's out and about. Mm-hmm. He's around. He's doing things, doing big things. Got a new segment over there. The last uh, few weeks, hockey is awesome, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's catching catching on. And other people are it jumping is. on the jumping on the hockey bandwagon. It's nice to see. It's nice to see. It is. The commissioner was on. Today yes, and he's had Austin Matthews and Butcher Gross. He's had some some good uh, guests on there, and he does the hockey is awesome. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. I mean, I need more of it. Absolutely. And, uh, he's obviously. A uh, very popular, polarizing person right now. Mm-hmm. He's all the rage, as they would say. He is. And uh, so that's good that hockey gets some recognition. Hey, some Bruins notes today. Matt Grizzlick goes on the long-term IR mm-hmm. with an upper body injury. Um, they placed, the Bruins placed Jakob Lauko on injured reserve, still battling his eye injury, and then recalled defenseman Mason Lowry. Yeah, Ian Mitchell and Parker Watherspoon from Providence today. Yeah, a lot of moves. I think a lot of it is uh, cap-related. And then, obviously, you have, you know, the McAvoy suspension and the Grizzlick injury. Uh, So you needed a couple of defensemen, and they called up three. So now you got some some guys there to to fill in while uh, McAvoy is out. And Grizzlick, it sounds like, might be a little bit longer term than uh, what they originally had hoped. So... Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be a challenge for them coming up here in the next uh, few weeks anyway, or a week or so while McAvoy is out, especially to, um, to, uh, you know, play the defense though, the way they've been playing it, uh, up to this point in the season. So what is up with, uh, Jakob Zaboral, do you think? Uh, it's a very no, good question. In sight. It's a very good question. I think we're going to talk about it a little bit in, in the chirps, but, uh, you know, you have to see, think that he's fallen out of favor maybe a little bit. You know, you get three guys get called up and he's not one of them. I mean, he was with the team all last year and, and three guys have passed him. I mean, it seems odd to me that uh, he wouldn't be one of the ones to get the call. Maybe he makes too much money. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, cause he is making over a million dollars where the other guys are not. 
So uh, okay. it could be a salary cap thing. I hope for his sake it is. Um, but uh, yeah, a first round pick that uh, <laughs> that gets passed over by a guy you got in a you know a throw in basically in a trade and and then uh, Witherspoon you picked up off the street. I think. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know that doesn't really bode well for his uh, future with the Bruins. No, no, it doesn't. And uh, you know, stay tuned for that. I guess this is the last year of his deal. Like you said, he is making too much money. Maybe that's maybe that's a big part of it. I don't know. Uh, other news of note: David Pasternak was named NHL's third star of the month of October. Eight goals, five assists, thirteen points, plus eight in eight games, or somewhere like nine games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, playing well, doing what he needs to do, and that's score goals, score big goals. And that's kind of who he is, what he does. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's nice. It's nice to see him start off this way. Uh, they certainly needed him to. Uh, I think they're going to have a trouble all season long kind of scoring goals. I think that's going to be an issue for this team. But, you know, he's the one that needs to do it. And, uh, you know, he started off hot. So it's it's good to see. Yeah. So we can review and it didn't start out well. October 26th versus Anaheim, a four to three overtime loss, a real choke job, a real gagger. Yeah. Right here. Uh, three to one lead with two minutes left. Patrick Brown tackles a guy behind the net for no apparent reason. Uh, Bruins have hundreds, maybe thousands of chances to clear the puck. It seemed as though they had at least 10 where guys yeah. had it on the stick with no pressure. Yeah. And couldn't couldn't get it couldn't couldn't get it going. No, couldn't get it out. Couldn't couldn't do the things they needed to do to close that one out. Uh, I think Montgomery said after the game, you know how disappointing it was, and that they did. They had pucks on sticks, and he he said he thought to himself three or four times, "Well, the game's over," because they had the puck with a chance to clear, and they just couldn't get it done. And then it bites them in the ass, and and uh, they go to OT, don't possess the puck at all in the entirety of the overtime, basically, and uh, and the Ducks. Uh, score and win so yeah that it reminded was reminded me of the fun. preseason game against the cap where yeah. they didn't possess the puck yeah. at all yeah. in the overtime and matthew phillips scored same sort of thing mm-hmm. um and it was a real a real sort of bag job collapse of uh, epic proportions but luckily the bruins have seemed to rebound since then in october 28th against detroit a four to one win against a good Detroit team that was hot and scoring tons of goals. Mm-hmm. They hold them to one goal. Uh, much better start in the game, up two to nothing after one. Goals by Zaka on the power play and a nice going to the neck kind of goal uh, by McAvoy. Uh, second didn't start out well, but the Bees finished the period strong. Uh, and it almost cost them a third period mm-hmm. defensive shell. It almost cost them the lead. A uh, Volano scores and make it two to one. Uh, for Detroit, and then a bad puck management by Coyle in the neutral zone, but Pasta ices the game with the penalty shot and, and an empty netter. Eight goals on the season for him so far, and the Bruins get a good win against, like I said, probably the best team to date that they had played. Yeah, it was a good win. It was a good win against, you know, a team in your division, too, so it's kind of a four-point matchup, so it's nice to come out on top in those, and they, uh, they took care of business when they needed to, um, and it, it was uh, it was a good defensive effort against, like you said, a team that's been scoring a lot of goals. Dylan Larkin and Alex DeBrinket have been as hot as anyone in the league to to start the year and uh, basically held those guys off the score sheet. So, um, yeah, a really nice win. Uh, good bounce back win after the atrocity that was the Anaheim games. And, uh, you know, then they uh, they have Florida coming up next. 
Yeah, and October 30, it was Jim Montgomery who said that this was not like any other game. They they ended the season last year, bad taste in his mouth. So what happens? Bruins come out with a terrible start. <laughs> yeah. uh, almost like a preseason. Yeah, oh, my God, they're game. famous for it now. It's it's yeah, becoming it a thing, and it's, not a, and it's not a good thing either, but it's becoming a thing no. for them. Start slow, yes. start slow, start slow, start slow, and then, you know, one good period, and then, you know, one good start, and then the second period's junk. So they, they really haven't put together a full 60-minute effort yet, yet this this season. No, they haven't. It's amazing that they'd be 8-0-1, but that is the case. And it uh, might be their worst period of the year, that first period. Uh, Grissick leaves with an upper body injury, outshot 17-5, down 2 to nothing at the end of 1. Uh, it just really looked like it was going to be a no-show night. Um, you can't call a, call a game something more than a regular season <laughs> game and come out like that. No, you I really can't. Look, though, <laughs> I did look, though, and they have seven new players. From yeah. last year's playoffs. Yeah. So that could be part of it. Those guys weren't there. You mm-hmm. know, and almost half your roster wasn't there for the for the postseason uh, letdown. Uh, but the second was much better. Brad Marchand scores. Bruins are down one uh, at the end of two and then come all the way back. Charlie McAvoy scores a great cut to the net, ties it in the third, and then inexplicably makes a really boneheaded play. Cheap, sort of a cheap shot, head shot to mm-hmm. Oliver ekman Larson. Not really McAvoy-like, uh, sort of a head-scratcher. Yeah. Uh, gets a Matt's penalty. Bruins have to kill a major penalty, which they do. Their penalty killing is tops in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linus Allmark makes seven saves in the PK and does the job there. And then Pablo Zaka with an absolute missile oh. uh, in overtime. And they win it 3-2, to two, improbable. Probably their best win of the year, um, and considering where it was at the beginning. And really a good sign that the team... You know, just kind of still finding ways to win. Finding ways to win, battling through adversity, because that start, like you said, was one of the worst that they've had uh, definitely this year and maybe the worst period in a long, long time. I mean, I don't remember very many periods even last year where they got dominated like that, uh, unless you want to go to the Florida series. I mean, the first period of that, of this game uh, against Florida was very, very similar to how the Bruins played in the playoffs against the Panthers, where the Panthers just dominated them on the forecheck, were heavy, down low. The Bruins just threw pucks out of the zone or coughed pucks up, uh, didn't possess pucks well at all. Uh, and then somehow they they turned it around uh, in, the, in the second half of the game, and, and then their penalty killing and, and Allmark uh, certainly saved them in this one because uh, that could have uh, could have turned out much, much worse there. Uh, after the stupid penalty by McAvoy, uh, and they come out with a win somehow. Yeah, the Bruins uh, actually set a record, NHL record, with 79 wins in in a 100-game span. 79 wins in their last 100 games. Uh, Pretty incredible, and really leaving, uh, really going to where they left off last year when they won 65 games. And no one ever thought that they would start this way this year. We thought it would be kind of a, you know, a different type of year. They thought they'd still be pretty good. We both picked them into the playoffs and 100 points or so team. But we didn't pick the start. Um, they did have a favorable schedule, which, they did. which you can say is is accurate. Although they did have to go uh, out on the road, so, you know. So no, I mean, they, they weren't playing great teams, but they they did have to go on a West Coast trip early in the season. Which you know, like we said before, Carolina came back from that trip two and two. So I mean, yeah. even though it's sure. favorable, you're not playing great teams. You still have to do a West Coast trip early and early in the year with a bunch of new guys. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, True. finding ways to win. 
Yeah, absolutely. And here's an interesting stat, five on five expected goals percentage. And I consider the Bruins leading up to this point, not the greatest five on five team in, in, in the world. But if you're watching us on YouTube, you see the graphic here. The Bruins are sixth in the NHL and expected goals percentage five on five. And that's through the October 29th date. So it doesn't include Florida, but 55.1% sixth in the league, which is interesting because again, I, I don't really consider them someone, a team that has played great five on five, but this was an interesting stat to me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I thought five on five, they really weren't playing that well, but uh, apparently they're still making chances, getting chances five on five. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the goal scoring too. We, we mentioned that we think they'll probably struggle all year to score goals, but it's been a little bit better than you think. It's been yeah, a little bit better yes. than you think. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, you know, they've, they've been, they've been getting it done when they've needed to get it done. And, uh, you know, that's a sign of a good team, you know, finding ways to do it, you know, different guys stepping up at different times, you know, different guys have won games for them. You know, Patra won a game for them. Zaka. I mean, they've had different guys kind of step up and make plays when they've needed it. So that's a good sign, you know, a little resiliency and, and, uh, you know, a bunch of guys making plays rather than having, you know, it just be a few or a top line, you know, you have mm -hmm. a lot more players than passengers, which is nice to see. Sure. And the credit to Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Uh, and uh, the data is from Top Down Hockey. And a big announcement now coming up from the Bruins Benders podcast. Uh, Lops Brewing, our great sponsor. Yes. The folks there with Sean Lopolito uh, and the Bruins Benders podcast proudly present a new beer release. Yes, on we November do. 18th. Yes, Bar we. Town New England IPA is coming to a, uh, you know, mouth near you <laughs> as, uh, as we drink tons of beer with our friends at Lops Brewing. So a new beer called Bar Down New England IPA. There it is. Brought to you by Lops Brewing and the Bruins Benders podcast. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's going to be uh, a hazy orange color bursting with citrus and aroma flavors. Uh, IPA, it'll be released in the tasting room Saturday, November 18th on tap and in 16 ounce four packs to go. So you can go down there and grab that. And uh, we will be down there on that day mm -hmm. live mm -hmm. at 6 p.m. We're going to do a podcast live on November 18th from Lops Brewing at 6. And then we're going to hang out for a little meet and greet, including uh, many beers, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and then yeah. a Bruins watch party starting at 7 as the Bruins take on the hated Montreal Canadiens. So uh, that should be a great night. Come down and join us. Uh, we'll be there broadcasting live. You can The beer will be released. You can come down, try the beer, try all of his other beers. He's got a lot of great stuff over there. It's a beautiful tap room, uh, tasting room down in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. So come on down there and join us. It should be a great event, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Absolutely. So we will be down there November the 18th. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that label. It's a really really cool thing for us and and we yep. thank sean lopolito and the and the folks at lops brewing uh, for being great sponsors and then coming up with this beer collaboration which we're really excited about we love the ipas and uh, we're going to have an ipa that is you know sort of our kind of thing yeah so that's nice yeah uh all right and seven chirps 
Yeah, guess what? It's sponsored by Lost Brewing. <laughs> yes, it is. And that is a beer and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. Open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to loftsbrewing.com. Follow them on social media at Lofts Brewing for new beers and events. Chirp one. Hampus Lindholm has struggled some. Played a little bit better a little bit lately. But what do you think... It's you know what, and defensively he's been okay. It's really offensively the the puck looks like a grenade sometimes on his stick, and I'm not sure what's going on with him. Yeah, I wish I knew. I, he just doesn't look like himself. I don't know if he's um, still trying to find his game back after the horrible playoff he had. Um, you know, I believe I don't. I'm still not sure if he has a point yet. He does not. Yeah, I think I he's like zero zero minus three or four or two or something. Yeah. Like he's not having a good year at all, and they need him, especially now with McAvoy going to be out uh, the next four games or so. That he needs to play like he was playing at the beginning of last year when he kind of took over that defense core and was, uh, you know, people were talking about him being a Norris finalist uh, at the beginning of last season. So. We need to see that Lindholm and not the one that is currently patrolling the blue line for the Bruins. Yeah, minus two, uh, 14 shots on goal in nine games, no points. Um, Uncharacteristic for him since he was a plus 49 last year, led the league. Um, His average ice time is up. It's, It's about 24 minutes, 11 blocks, just two hits. Uh, but he's that's not his game, but still no. two hits is a little low. Um, and just not, I don't know, he hasn't didn't score a point in the playoffs. He hasn't scored a point now in the regular season. Um, you know, still a good player. It just, and I did see a stat, I think, where we, the team is 12 and three when he is in the lineup and McAvoy is not. So maybe it's a case where if McAvoy is not here, then Lindholm can be the guy and find his game a little. Hopefully that's the case, um, depending on who he plays with, whether it's still Carlo or whoever, you know, and they may be switching guys around as they try to get guys familiar with each other with Grizzlick and McAvoy both out. But, uh, you know, maybe it, maybe it'll take McAvoy stepping away and Lindholm focusing a little bit more and hopefully finding his game some. They'll certainly need it. They'll certainly need yeah. it. They, well, they're going to they're gonna need it in this stretch because this four games right here without McAvoy, starting with Toronto, mm-hmm. it's not ideal. So, um, you know, we'll see how they respond. Chirp number two, the, the Jim Montgomery Bruins following a loss of 15-2-1 and in a plus 21 goal differential, 55-34, to since he became the head coach. Pretty impressive after um, after a loss. It is impressive, and you know that that uh, I don't know if that's necessarily all him. I mean, they had kind of a wagon last year, uh, and they really haven't they really haven't lost this year. Uh, I mean, they had the one overtime loss, um, but you know they, they. It's tough to say whether that's really him or if it's you know the guys. I mean, sure. I mean, I guess because he's the head coach, you give him some credit, but. Um, these, this, these guys, this particular team, these core of players have always been pretty resilient in my mind. So, um, you know, I think there's plenty of credit to, to go around, but it is a, it is an impressive stat and that they can uh, bounce back this way after a loss. 
Sure, it is, a, it is a good sign, and and they played two quality teams after their loss, and it was a crushing loss to the Ducks. It was yeah. just not a good one. It wasn't a good one at all, and it was a kind of loss that could send a team set tail spinning. So I think that that was a that was a great sign that they were able to come back against two quality teams and win, get four points, and mm-hmm. uh, and now they play the probably the best team they played yet in Toronto coming up next. So we'll see how. They can do it a little bit shorthanded on defense. Uh, and speaking of which, chirp, chirp number three, Charlie McAvoy hits, suspended four games. You think that's the right call? I thought it was a little high. Um, but, you know, if you look at the Rasmus Anderson hit on line A, uh, similar hit. I thought the hit on line A was worse, honestly, because I thought it knocked him out of the game. I think Oliver Ekman Larson wasn't hurt. Uh, that used to play a part in it. Maybe it doesn't anymore. Maybe it's just the intent or, you know, the hit itself and not necessarily the result of the hit. The result used to be part of the punishment. It doesn't appear as though it was the case this time. I thought he should have got two or three games um, because he's not really a repeat offender. I think he's been suspended once before in his uh, his career. So um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a little bit high. But uh, I'm certainly it was a bad hit and a terrible decision. So um, four games is, you know, what you should get for being that dumb, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I can't just I can't wrap my head around what the thought process. was. Because yeah. if you watch it and I watched it 10 times, probably. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get it. And all I could think of was that he's he's cutting across the, you know, to, to, you know, create some space or trying to get that area and thinks that Ekman Larson is going to come and go shoulder to shoulder with him, like just to gain the spot. And Ekman Larson doesn't see him, so doesn't respond. Right. And he just goes right through him because I just don't understand why McAvoy would even do that. First of all, he's in front of the net, which he never is. Yeah. And, and where, where are you going and, and what are you doing? And it's yeah. just, it was, the more I watched it, the more I was like, this is, this is just weird. It's just, it was just a weird thing and the whole thing was unnatural looking and weird yeah yeah i I, I mean there really is no explanation for it you watch it and you say well that was dumb uh and you know it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense to me as why why he would do that i mean he easily could have avoided him um even if they were going to go shoulder to shoulder he could have you know just skated around him basically right um there was plenty of space for him to do something else make some other decision there and it was just a boneheaded play and he's gonna have to pay for it and the team is too because he was really uh kind of playing well at the at this point uh kind of found his game he was uh, a little bit rough i thought early going and and then you know the last three four five games he had kind of found his found his stride and then he does something like this and now you you know he has to start all over again it's it's just a it's it's just a bad play and a, and a terrible decision it, it was it was strange, and you know this tough stretch coming up with Maple Leafs and Red Wings and Stars and the Islanders. It's yeah. you know it's not it's just not ideal. Um, you would think the Bruins have a little bit of depth there, but we'll see. We'll see how much depth they have and how much they can sustain uh, the loss of McAvoy, especially with Grizzlick out as well. Um, chirp number five, Matthew four. Patra. Four. I'm sorry. Yep. Four. Yep. Matthew Patra decision. Uh, he is here to stay, and um, 
you know, that's something I, you know, we thought and many thought was probably just sort of a slam dunk decision because he's been one of their better players for the most part consistently. He has been one of their better players. And uh, there was, there was kind of some weirdness about it. Like they were, said oh we'll decide after game eight and they're like oh we're going to decide after game nine and it nine and it kind of put uh some doubt in in my head like why would they possibly send him back like he has nothing to gain at all from going back and maybe they wanted to see how he played against a you know a physical playoff you know type team in florida first before they made up their mind but uh and Everybody that watched him play was, you know, unanimous basically in in the fact that he should be here. I mean, he's he's helped them win games, and and uh, he honestly deserves to be here for sure. Here's here's my here's me, and the, there's just been too much disappointment in my life because as soon as he coughs up the puck, that that directly results in a goal. Right. I'm thinking, there it is. Yeah. They've been waiting nine games for this <laughs> fucking play. Yeah. So they can make the excuse to send him back. Yeah. Like, there it is. I think I even texted you. You did. Like, is that yep. the play? Yeah. That's the play. That's the right play there. that sends him back. That's yeah. We're done. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So when they, when they kept him after that play, I'm like, great. I mean, I, I really thought that, cause there was no explanation for me. Why, why are we waiting this out? Yeah. Like, he's literally, one of the better players you have. And again, like we said last week, who is going to play for him in that spot? Right. They just don't have center depth. No, they just don't. No. I mean, that was one of the big worries when Bergeron and Krejci were retired is they didn't have any center depth. And this kid comes in and gives you a gift playing, playing so well. And then you're going to yank him around a little bit. Like, Oh, he's not going to, he's going to stay. He's not going to stay. I just, I don't, there would have been a riot on the streets of Boston. If they had sent him back to Guelph, like a riot, the people in the North end would have been throwing cannolis at each other. And I mean, it was, it would have been, a yeah cats and dogs living together it would have been a (laughs) riot yes the fan base would have just lost their collective fucking minds it It, would have been been back to the they don't treat uh, rookies well they don't oh yeah well they don't believe in prospects the whole narrative comes back if they don't keep the guy here Mm -hmm. and you know it was the right thing to do and i don't know how long he'll be here and i think he goes if he goes 40 games then he then they burn that uh then they burn one year of that seven year rfa status okay so i think if he goes 40 games he plays 40 games so they were talking about the world juniors and that's an interesting thought is that you know maybe he goes and plays the world juniors and it takes, you know, eat some of the games if he's getting close. So who knows? Hmm. That's interesting. But, you know, that, that could happen. Uh, all right. Chirp five. Matt Grissler, current upper body injury. Montgomery said a few weeks or at least uh, after he, after the game he did, he was put on long-term IR on November 1st. Seems like more than two weeks. What do we do on defense? Recalled Lowry, Mitchell, Watherspoon, Zaboral not recalled as we talked about. He's got to be buried in the, in the depth chart. And what would you do? Um, I mean, I would go with, with low Rye for sure. Uh, I'm, I wasn't particularly sold on Mitchell. I would have brought up Zaboral. I mean, if it was me, but, um, cause I think he's more of an NHL caliber defenseman than Mitchell or Watherspoon. 
even though both of those guys have played some games in the league. I thought Mitchell's bent was not very good uh, in his initial time up here. And Wollerspoon hasn't played at the NHL level with the Bruins, so uh, we'll see how he does, I guess. Uh, but to me, he was he's more of a foreboard type than... <clears throat> or uh, than uh, a puck mover. Uh, and I don't know if you need more guys like that against some of the speed and skill that you're going to be facing. So uh, to me, it should have been Zaboral along with Lowry, and those are the guys that you plug in. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. I guess maybe because of the McAvoy suspension, you need a right D. And maybe that's where Wotherspoon kind of fits in. Uh, but they're thin there. Like, uh, originally it was like, oh, right D, we got plenty. Now it's lefty where you got a lot. And right yep. D, you know, behind McAvoy and Carlo, you, you don't have much of anything. You have Shattenkirk, yeah, who's, yeah. a you know, had been playing pretty well. Uh, he's going to get a huge bump in minutes. But, uh, you know, he's a veteran guy. Uh, you know, in the in the minors, there's not a lot there. So it's, that's probably, you know, the Wotherspoon call up, but it's just, uh, it's a little concerning really, you know, if they get a couple injuries or something like that on the right side, you know, you're going to have a guy playing his offside for, you know, some time. I don't know. Uh, that doesn't sound great to me. So I I would think at the deadline, they're going to be looking for a right shot D man, but, uh, who knows? For right now, the pairings on Thursday night look like Lindholm and Shattenkirk, Lowry and Carlo, and then Watherspoon and Mitchell because Derek Forbort is questionable. Awesome uh, for the game. So there you go. Awesome. So that 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 even further kicks the world down. The oh street. my god! Uh, is that is that Forbort's not going to be there? So you're going to have Shattenkirk playing top line, top pair minutes. I think you're going to see Lowry and Carlo play an awful lot. Yeah, uh, in the game, and that's probably good for Lowry. We'll get a good taste of what he can do, especially against the Toronto friggin' Maple Leafs. Yeah, you know that's that's a tough. Yeah, test welcome to in, welcome in, kid. Minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. he's going to. They probably play half the game. I bet. I bet. I bet oh, he no I bet he and Carlo approach 30 minutes. I bet you they're in the high 20s like 27 28 minutes, I bet. Yeah. yeah. It could very well happen. Oh man. Uh, trip 6. The penalty kill is dominant. 36 out of 37. One power play goal against. This is probably why Joe Sacco remains on the bench. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're in charge of that and it, and it's cliff, uh, clicking along at that kind of a clip, um, yeah. I mean, he, he's obviously doing something right as far as that goes. Um, yeah, the, it's just been it's been really good. Whoever they kind of plug in there. Obviously, the goaltending plays a huge part of it. The goaltending has been excellent all year long, and that plays a huge part. But, uh, you know, a lot of the penalty killers and some new guys in there now, too, are really doing a great job. You know, Beecher's in there. J.D. uh, is killing some penalties a little bit. Coyle, obviously, has been really strong. And then, you know, your Forboards and your Kylos and and McAvoy before the suspension. You know, those guys, Shattenkirk even, have have really been doing uh, a great job all year long. So uh, definitely a strength of theirs, um, you know, should be a strength, too, all year. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy talked to Sevilla Yurkstevich during one of the intermissions and uh, was mentioned Joe Sacco by name when he talked about the penalty kill and um, and how well they they do there and how well it's coached and and it is. I mean, their stick positioning is fantastic. I mean, they they block tons of shots Mm -hmm. on the 
on the power play. You can't get much through. And then, of course, the goaltending is great. So at the end of the day, on the major, you know, Allmark had seven saves. So he's your best penalty killer. Mm-hmm. That's 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 even when they're when he's a stone wall or Swayman's a stone wall, it makes it even harder. Yeah. So I mean that's a great quality to have. Hopefully it continues. Um we saw them have a good PK for much of the year last year. And then the playoffs it kind of let them down a little. It did. So um, you know, we'll see what happens. But now but now without foreboard, I mean the penalty kill is definitely going to be tested with these these new three defensemen. Mm-hmm. Uh who aren't really great defensive defensemen. Right. Um, so that's another, you know, Carlo could be playing, if they're in the box a lot, oh, Carlo's going to be playing 40 minutes. <laughs> no, that's going to be a tough one. Sure, um, yeah. seven, the only team to score at least three goals in every game this season, the New Jersey Devils, the Vegas Golden Knights, and your Boston Bruins. Can you imagine that? If you, yeah, would, I, if you I wouldn't have guessed, yeah, that. if you had thought that early in the season, you would have said, no, not the, nope. not the Bruins. Nope. They'll, they'll be, no if, they'll win some games two to one, you know, squeak some out, but yeah, three goals in every game. That's, uh, that's winning hockey. If you're, if you're scoring three and giving up under two, that's winning hockey, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I think Derek Sanderson <laughs> says that that's the key to victory. It, it scoring is more goals scoring more goals than the other team yeah. is a way you can win most games. Uh, yeah, most most of the, <laughs> most of the yes. time, if you score more goals than the other team, you'll win. Most of the time, one hundred percent of the time. Have, so they have the most best the penalty kill. Yeah, they are sixth and five on five goals uh, goals average, mm-hmm. and now they have the uh, three goals or more. Only three teams, and that they're one of them. So that's a good. That's probably why they're eight on one. Yeah, it's right a recipe there, for winning. And uh, and yeah. their power play, it seems like lately has kind of found itself a little bit, a little bit. You know, it's kind of making some strides there too. So uh, that's good to see. Um, and, uh, you know, putting it all together would be uh, really good for them moving forward. Sure. DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook. It's live right here in Massachusetts and now in Maine. And that's fantastic. Oh, that's good news for you. Uh, best local, uh, bet local and all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets. When you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR, you can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the sport, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use. Now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts, and then in Maine on November the 3rd, that's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If your or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as free bets, terms at DraftKings.com slash M-A. And uh, beauties uh, for this week, and beauty number three is the aforementioned Charlie McAvoy. going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. McAvoy points in four of his last five, goals in two straight, playing 24 minutes a night, and uh, one boneheaded penalty. <laughs> but... <laughs> He yeah. is a beauty. Yeah. Uh, actually, he's one of the rare uh, both. Yeah, he's pulling. Like. He's pulling double duty tonight. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right, beauty number two is Pavel Zaka. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. 
game-winning overtime overtime goal against Florida. He scored three goals in his last four. He has three goals, three assists, six points in the nine games. He's a plus five in doing what uh, we hoped he would do as essentially the number one center. Yeah, he's playing well. He, he's come on, especially of late. Uh, he started off a little bit slow, uh, like a lot of the guys did. Um, but he's coming around, and they and they're going to need him to to produce and and hopefully exceed what he did last year, um, and in you know wing role where whereas now uh, you know the two hundred foot game and and so forth. So doing it defensively and offensively, uh, and he and he has been so far. So that's good to see. Yeah, and beauty number one, the goalies gonna love you. Eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Jim Montgomery says that they are the reason that we are 8 0 and 1, and it's hard to argue that. It certainly is. Uh, they've been fantastic. I mean, you, you can, can't really think of um, a single goal, really, that you're like, huh, he really should have had that one. You know, they, they maybe, maybe one here or there. But I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, where it was like, oh, uh, geez, it was the goal, the goaltending really let them down there. I mean, they're the reason that the team is where they are at, no doubt. Mm, absolutely. And now we'll go to uh, Bender's Bender. It is uh, mm. the singular Charles McAvoy. Ah, the Bender. Um, you, you just, it, it's just a dumb play. Uh, just a dumb play, and he got four yeah. games for it, and he was playing probably the best hockey uh, of of the year and, and possibly of his career. He has been mm-hmm. shooting more. He's been doing kind of all the things that they wanted to do, and the points had started to come in the last, you know, four or five games. Uh, and then he just goes and does something just completely boneheaded, and uh, it cost him and it cost the team. So hopefully, you know, they can withstand uh, his absence but uh, it's going to be tough against the caliber of competition that they're playing now here in the next uh, four games. I think his advanced play, his better play, is a direct correlation to the comments Cam Neely made about how he was reminded of Raymond Bork by Charlie McAvoy and the kind of style of player he was. And mm-hmm. I think that that was kind of telling Charlie, like, we expect more from you offensively because Raymond Bork had, like, the most shots in the history of the league. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So he would he would know, get, so, like, routinely, like, 300 shots a year. Routinely. Three, routinely, yes. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, he's not going to be Raymond Bork probably and not, you know, no. he's not Raymond Bork now. But I think it's it's basically telling him, like, Look, we we looked you as that type of defenseman, and we've talked about how if he's going to win a Norris, he's got to come with 60, 70 points. Like yep. he's got to be there because it's a points award as much as it is a defenseman award. Yeah, it's a points so, more I mean, more than anything you know, now. It really yeah, is. Sure. It's more than anything. So I he mean, has to. Yeah, you know he he has to. And he and uh, he and he had his high, highest point total of of his career last year, uh, mm-hmm. whatever in the fifty or in the fifties. So you know yeah. he's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you know, hopefully he can take another step forward this year. Sure. Centennial spotlight. And this is where we chronicle the historic 100 Bruins. And how about PJ Axelson per Johan had 797 games, all with the Boston Bruins, 103 goals, 184 assists, 287 points. Hey, how about this? Five Selkie top 20 finishes, which I didn't realize, uh, 54 playoff games, not a uh, not excelling in the postseason four <laughs> three and seven minus sixteen. All right, but hey, 
PJ is a and now I believe a scout in Finland scout. Yeah, he's uh he's the Europe the Scandinavian uh, yes. area scout for yeah. the for the Bruins. Yes, right. And, and he and was PJ was an excellent defensive player. Yeah, an excellent uh, defensive his, forward. He was actually uh, one of the guys who really put in uh, good word for Fabian Lysel to to be yes. to be drafted. So um, yeah, you know, and also Dan's Luck Mellis, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, some of those, yeah, later later round European guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's PJ. PJ. So right. hopefully, yeah. um, you know, some of those guys can pan out, and and PJ can take some of the credit for that, which he would definitely deserve. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, he's he was always a, a pretty good Bruin. You never thought he was going to score a goal. <laughs> a goal. Right. Um, right. But he definitely right. was more of a, kind of a defensive a defensive guy. Uh, I think if you compared him to somebody on uh, last year's team, it, it wouldn't be necessarily the size-wise, but kind of along the same lines as a Thomas Nosek type of a guy mm-hmm. who, right. you know, very responsible defensively, will chip in with the occasional offense and, and not hurt right. you too much while he's out there. Sure, like a Danton Heinen. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's the same kind of, yeah, same kind of guy. And uh, PJ, um, yeah, played almost 800 games all with the Bruins. Uh, hey, we're going to be focusing on a little bit of Providence Bruins this year. Providence Bruins beauty of the week. And the beauty uh, this week is Mason Lowry. Defenseman had assists in three straight games and gets the call up and will be doing uh, taking on some top four minutes in Thursday's game against Toronto. Yeah, it sounded like he started uh, very slowly down there. Uh, and um, he he really came on in the last, you know, handful of games there with assists mm-hmm. and, and playing better. So hopefully that can translate uh, when he gets, uh, now that he gets the call up to the Bruins and he'll have a real tough test in front of him uh, with uh, Toronto on Thursday night. Sure. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing Mason Lowry play some heavy minutes against a really good team. Yes. Um, and, you know, look, if it's not great, then obviously it, it won't make or break his entire career, but it will be interesting to see how he does. And if he does perform well, then, you know, Mason could be around for a while. And then, you know, the Bruins could have some decisions to make when it comes to the roster mm-hmm. when Rizlik does return. And, he, and they may take a little bit more time with him. Too, which is the luxury they would have sure, uh, with someone like Grizzlick too. Uh, and again, Grizzlick against a heavier kind of physical team, uh, intense kind of game, gets hurt again, and it, and it kind of adds to the narrative that's half narrative, half reality, that he has a hard time with the physicality um, and, and has some, some injury concerns there and his, his, uh, his stature um, is something that you know Bruins fans have been concerned about. And again, Grizz gets hurt again. He's had shoulder issues. It's upper body. So, um, you know, hopefully he's okay. Um, and uh, how about the uh, prospect spotlight in this week? Boy, Oscar Jelvik with the Boston College Eagles, the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. And Oscar has five goals and, uh, and two assists for seven points in six games with them. And they are a wagon of a team. They have an all-freshman line that's all top 12 picks or whatever they are. Yeah. And then Jelvik has been probably their best player so far. But Cutter Gothier is on the team as well. And Andre Gasol is on the team, mm-hmm. also a Bruins prospect. And Jelvik has been outstanding for the Eagles. He has been. 
And uh, he had a shorty the other day. I mean, he's really, really playing well for them. And, and that is a wagon of a team. A lot of NHL talent on that team. A lot of NHL talent throughout Hockey East, honestly. Um, a bunch of teams there that are that are really good. And a bunch of Bruins guys that are, that are in Hockey East. So if you're interested in checking out some Bruins prospects, definitely get to a, a Hockey East game and, and check some of these guys out. But Jelvik has been uh, firing away, uh, you know, Playing, playing really well and, and one of the better prospects for the Bruins right now, um, you know, as far as his start to the season goes. Sure. 20-year-old sophomore, 5'11", 181. And he plays left wing and center. He was a fifth-round pick in 2021, 149th overall. And like you said, he's playing with that great team with Will Smith and Cutter Gauthier is on the team and Gabe Perot and, mm-hmm. you know, they just have some really great players. The number one in the country, outstanding team. And Jelvik has made some great strides offensively, which is a great sign and maybe another later round pick that's uh, going to performing well. And also with all of these guys called up, Frederick Brunet is going to get a ton of time with Providence. And that's a guy on defense who was also a fifth-round pick and has really climbed the charts. He's he's off to a rather slow start, but now he's going to be thrust into a bigger role there. It'll be interesting to see how he does with Providence. Yeah, um, it, we, it'll be it'll be nice to see him get some time. I think because of you know the depth that Providence has, I think they have nine defensemen on the roster. They've been shuttling guys kind of back and forth between Providence and Maine, and then you have you know a couple guys in Providence that aren't getting much time. Brunet was one of them, and and now with the with the call ups, he, he's going to see a lot more time and and get some power play time too, which is one of his strengths. So it'll be interesting to see how he can uh, how he can perform now with a little bit of an expanded role there. Right, and Ryan Mass was brought up from Maine to Providence as well to fill a spot there too on the blue line. Uh, Week ahead for the Bruins, November 2nd versus Toronto, November 4th at Detroit, November 6th at Dallas. This is a tough three-game stretch lease and then a rematch with Detroit and then a good Dallas Stars team on the road. So this is going to be a tough one right here with a thin defense. It is going to be very tough with thin defense. I mean, you're missing arguably, you know, one of your, well, your top player on defense, definitely. And, and arguably one of your, you know, top three players on the team. So, um, you know, it's going to be a test for sure to, um, for them to uh, get through this stretch unscathed. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. We have shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs. And now that Matt Patra is on the Bruins for quite a while, get a Potsy 51 shirt, would you? Uh, it's right on the site there. Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We do game updates on Twitter. Hey, and join us on November 18th at Lofts Brewing in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. If you're in the area, come by. It's a watch party. We're going to do the pod. We're going to drink some new beer called Bar Down. IPA, New England IPA, and join us for a little meet and greet on November the 18th at Lops Brewing. And thanks a lot again for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Until then, go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.